0: Hi, this is Ansi McLean with the Trailer Park Troubadours, and you're listening to Michael Gaither's Songs and Stories. I'm a subscriber, oh yeah.
1: Welcome once again to Songs and Stories. My name is Michael Gaither and this is Songs and Stories, episode number 51. A very special episode of Songs and Stories... Now, I know the phrase, a uh, very special, sounds like an ABC after-school special from the 70s for you over 40 folks in the crowd, but uh, we're not going to be revisiting Sarah Portrait of a Teenage Runaway or anything like that. As you probably guessed, we're going to be talking with Ansi McLean, the lead singer and songwriter for the Nashville-based Americana band, the Trailer Park Troubadours. Um, Ansi got a hold of me, I think it was about a year ago. He heard my Paul Thorne interview, and um, Ansi's an occasional podcaster himself, and um he just liked what I was doing and emailed me and said, thanks, I know how much work's involved, and most people don't, and I appreciate what you're doing. And then we just struck up this really nice email conversation. So we kept trying to figure out a time that we could chat when he was out here so he could be on my podcast, and this this is this is it today. Um, Ansi's been around for a long time with the Trailer Park Troubadours. They are based in Nashville, and um, they're called Americana Folkabilly. There's kind of a Trailer Park theme running through their music, and we'll talk about that Uh, The thing I've always liked about his songs is, and I talked about that in the interview, the conversation with him as well, is he writes funny songs, but they're not mean-spirited. They're, you know, they're just really not forced, very funny songs. And he writes some great non-funny songs as well. It's just a really nice um, energy going through all of his music. Um so what I want to do is get right to it because we're going to actually do this as two parts for you new folks listening to this this podcast. What I like to do with songwriters when we have the time is do one piece of just an interview slash chat. It's very informal as you'll soon find out. And then sit down and have the artist play a couple of songs and tell me the story, tell us the story behind them, which is what we're going to do. I caught up with Ansi a couple of times recently. He was out here here is Santa Cruz, California, for you new folks listening, uh, doing a CD release party for the new release, The New Good Old Days. They were playing at the Rio Theater, and we talked backstage after their sound check. And there wasn't time to do a part two with him playing, so coincidentally he was out here again in a few weeks doing a short California run, um, playing smaller venues with fingerstyle guitarist Edgar Cruz, who we're going to hear in a future podcast. And I caught up with Edgar and Nancy when they were down here at K Pick Radio doing an appearance. So we talked outside and heard a couple of songs off the new release, and Nancy told us the stories behind them a little bit. So let's get right to it. I want to let you know a couple of things for you new folks listening. The way this works is if you would like to go to my website, michaelgaether.com, that's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-G-A-I-T-H-E-R.com, There are links to go with both of these episodes. Um, Just look for the show notes for Songs and Stories episodes 51 and 52, and you'll find some links to um, Ansi's site, his CDs, tour information, and a little blurb about this particular couple of episodes. Also, um, depending how you found this particular podcast, whether it was on iTunes, um, the Facebook forum, my website, or um, possibly you're hearing this on Grateful Dread Radio on a Friday night at 7.30, um... Thanks for listening, however you found me. And uh, I want you know that we're running, running contests again this year. Uh, for this contest, um, for this couple of episodes, if you'd like to win a Grateful Dread Radio eco-friendly cloth shopping bag, I'll send one out to a, a lucky winner at the end of the month. Um, just um, email me, michael at Michaelgather.com and let me drop me a note that says you'd like to be entered in the, in the uh, Songs and Stories contest, and I'll enter your name in the drawing for a cloth shopping bag. So, let's hear a little bit about Ansi, a little bit about the new CD. We're going to hear a couple of tracks to start off with. Let's hear, oh, let's see, um, the Blah Blah song and A Life Like Ours, and then we'll talk with Ansi McLean at the Rio Theater in Santa Cruz. Mama didn't raise no
2: fools, I'm a product of the public school. And they all told me never talk to strangers You walked in the room, covered in cheap perfume I was deaf to all their warning calls of danger Giving me grief, calling you a manhood thief. I know I'm whipped, but your eyes have such lashes. I don't hang out with the guys, they jeer and they criticize, saying my masculinity's in ashes. But blah, all I hear is blah, 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 blah. Blah, 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 blah. Blah, 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 blah. Night breeze in the window. Summer air is sweet, dewy wet. Crickets chirp rhythm to a bullfrog and a whippoorwill do it. You're laying here beside me, natural as the air that I breathe. The kids are sawing logs, I can hear them through the walls like a hive of bees. Somewhere past these gravel roads, high on the castle's towers. A rich man dreams a paradise, and he sees a life like ours. Yes, he does.
1: So we're going to pretend this is a, this reverb in this tiny little room is here on purpose. So Yeah, uh, it is here, here on purpose. Let's talk about you now. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Well, I'm glad we got to finally... We've been playing phone tag for a while. Like years. Years. Back since the 70s. And I haven't even been writing for years, but it's been years. (laughs) (laughs) It feels like it has, yeah. So it's great to meet you in person, finally. Likewise. I I heard something a while back... That you actually got into songwriting from your from drawing, kind of led you sideways into songwriting. Is that true? And
0: yeah, kinda I kind of did. I mean, I'm a visual guy, so right. uh, all my songs, are, are, or most of them anyway, are pretty visual in nature. Mm-hmm. So. Which is good. I, like I, I, well, I think so. For me, anyway, yeah. I think visually. So I'd like a songwriter to paint a picture and mm-hmm. it put me in a place Right with uh, visual um, images. And Which stories.
1: is probably why you don't write a lot of
0: navel-gazing folk songs. <laughs> no. That, they bore me. I, yeah, yeah, I can't yeah. really... I've tried to write that stuff. and I admire these guys that write... Uh, and even protest songs? Yeah. Know? They yeah. always come out trite and silly when mm-hmm. I write them. Yeah, so I just leave that to these, these guys. That do. Show it. them a
1: trailer, you know, and he can run <laughs> with
0: it. <laughs> Here's a trailer. Let's see, what can I do with a trailer? Here? Exactly. Well, I lived the trailer, so, you know, that's not hard to... Uh, to come up by but as I get older I'm I'm wanting to uh, you know the trailer more If if the last couple albums the trailer is there as the foundation and then I spring Mm -hmm. uh, a relationship song out of it so the trailer makes an appearance and then just ducks ducks off stage and uh, then you're left with a, a dysfunctional relationship or, you know, some eccentric kind of. Which a, is the
1: art of any good Americana country
0: song. Oh, you know it, man. <laughs> if you don't have dysfunction, you don't have. Yeah. You don't well, have even country.
1: something like, I mean, uh, you know, It Ain't Home to Take the Wheels Off. It's yeah. about a trailer and it's funny, but it's about this marriage starting and the uncle giving him a trailer. I and mean, there's really yeah. like a story about the start of a marriage mm-hmm. if you want to really dig into it and not just laugh at the well, song. Well, yeah, and then the. Uh, uh, the
0: uh, there, see the trailer. If the trailer ain't level, ain't nothing right. Another so right. song that's sort of—it's all about a relationship being. There's, off a, there's a whole theme of like the trailer is metaphor running through your stuff too. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't yeah. want to just—I I mean, you, we would all get sick. I'd get sick of singing it, and you'd get yeah. sick of hearing it if I was just singing about, you know, the superficial um, nature of trailer life or redneck life or whatever. Right. Right. Uh, redneck's a term that I've, I'm taking out of my songs when I perform them live mm-hmm. because. Uh, you know, our our audiences are more and more diverse all the time, and that's that's yeah. sort of the that can be a mm, uh, I don't know it, it can be a, an, an ugly word to, to a lot of people, and, and it's just uh, I don't mean it that way. But
1: yeah, and you probably don't want narrow cast to narrowcast what you're doing either. Right? Yeah, yeah it corners you into it. Yeah. We brought a neighbor along to the concert tonight. He's been going to we've been dragging him to house concerts, and his late wife was a guitar player, and they turns out they they actually loved folk music when they were when they were going to college together, so. Through us, he's discovering the house concert scene and and independent songwriters. And we brought him along and he said, well, what kind of music is it? And I said, well, it's Americana. It's not quite country, not quite folk. They're they're funny songs. There's a trailer theme, but it's not blue collar, redneck kind of stuff. Right, they're just right. really kind of light, nice story songs. And it's right. I think uh, uh, what you do is they're we're not you're not going down the obvious redneck get her done kind of road with what you're doing.
0: Right, you know? right. And, and you know, and uh, I, I mean I know those guys and, yeah. and, and Larry the cable guy. The guys, these these are you know, I'm friendly with these guys, and and uh, we've actually talked uh, about. Finding a, a place for me in this niche, mm-hmm. and uh, everybody kind of leaves the, the the meeting scratching their head.
2: Like,
0: I don't know, man. I just don't think it's going to work. But you know, we still talk and we still try. It'd be cool and, if it happened, though. Well, it'd be great. I, I'm I'm open to any venue as long as it's a good fit and the yeah. audience is is uh, keyed up and tuned into it. Mm-hmm. And, and you know how that is. You know, yeah. If you, you're going blind into a Situation, They don't know anything about you. They have maybe preconceived notions of what you are, and mm-hmm. you come out and surprise them, and it right. takes, takes an hour to get past all that.
1: Yeah, you know. I think, I mean, coming at it from someone at my level who's several tiers below, if I go to play to, in a restaurant, because someone says, oh, come play in the restaurant, and when you're playing in front of people who are eating, the, and you're they're not expecting music, it really throws them. If you get people that are open to it, it's great, but if yeah. not... You're, you're just right. kind of annoying them. so yeah, I think exactly. if, you're, if, if you're playing, and I've been there. So this guys, shut up! I know. <laughs> <laughs> you take requests. Shut up! Yeah, you, you, if it's anything I wrote, I'll play it. <laughs> and I've done that, and then it clears the room, and then I don't get a tip. But I think in your case, when you're playing a big venue for people, if they kind of halfway know what to expect, then they're receptive to the new stuff, yeah. probably too. And
0: of course, you know, friends bring them. That's always a help. Oh yeah, that gets that word of mouth thing. it's, yeah. it's our biggest. Yep. That in KP yeah, it's
1: right. uh, you know. While we're on that, can you? I've heard this. I think on one of your old podcasts, but can you retell the story about how Laura Ellen Hopper kind of saved the Trailer Park Tribute? Yeah. It's a great story. Um, to well, knows about yeah, it. Yeah, it
0: is a great story, and it's um, sad that Laura is not uh, with us anymore. And uh, when I come back to Santa Cruz, I always i have this i have this my my gut sort of pulls me toward Watsonville mm-hmm. out there to go swing by kicking and say hi to Laura mm-hmm. and um, you know Jimmy Jackson introduced me to her and mm-hmm. we went by there together and, and then, but the story started with uh, I was uh, doing this in Nashville and we had been knocking around for about 10 years uh, nine years or so and it just wasn't you know every time we turned around we were you know our problem was we were in the wrong city. And we, we needed to be on the West Coast. And I knew this early on, but we had families. And, and you were uh, settled there. Yeah, we were probably. settled there. And and we moved to Nashville. You know, Flynn, my, my former partner and I, uh-huh. uh, moved to Nashville with our families to get closer to the music scene. Yeah. And little did we... You know, know that uh, you know, the music scene didn't want us there. <laughs> so No, they did. Actually, we did pretty well in Nashville. We even got a record deal and we did a whole thing. But it's like playing in a big restaurant. Yeah, <laughs> big, just a bigger restaurant. Yeah, exactly, and, and more people annoyed at you. You know, it's kind of how it worked. But the, uh, anyway, the thing with us, the, the analogy I always make is, I can't blame Nashville because they didn't know what to do with us. It's uh-huh. sort of like taking a sausage recipe to rabbis. Yeah, and saying, you know, man, I got this great pork sausage <laughs> recipe and you guys are gonna love this. And I know you don't normally at... do this, but yeah. thought, this one's really good. Yeah. <laughs> they just look at you blankly. Yeah. And, and they did. And we pitched to every major label mm-hmm. in the, back in the night. That's days. a lot of work too. It's a lot of work and it's a lot of embarrassment. It's a lot of, you know, putting your heart out there and mm-hmm. getting stomped on. And you know, but we did it and, and we got a following going in Nashville. Uh, but we were wanting to go to the next Phase, yeah, and we just weren't breaking it, and our record label folded. Mm-hmm. They filed bankruptcy. Uh, we were the only act making them any money, and they had like five or six other acts. And um, so we were just sitting dead in the water, wondering what to do mm-hmm. next. And and uh, Flynn wanted to leave, and and I was thinking of a solo career at that point. I was like, you know, I'm just not interested. Yeah. And uh, so we were packing it up. Well, before the record labels folded, it sent out CDs to radio stations, mm-hmm. and just as radio promotion started, mm-hmm. was when they, when they, when the walls caved in, so um, Laura Ellen got got my number through management, through somebody at the label or somewhere, tracked me down and called me personally and and said. Uh, you know, we are having a lot of fun with this album, and we're. And she would a- do
1: that. She would find something she liked and just grab onto it and promote, yeah. promote, promote, promote. Oh, exactly. I, I mean, there there are, are uh, bands that you
0: guys would never have heard mm-hmm. uh, in this area if it weren't for Lori and Frank and you know, folks really kind of pulling it out of the out mm-hmm. uh, of the dust. And uh, saying, you know, it, it, could, it could have been old music that maybe is more obscure or something that's new in these independent songwriters. And while folks will call me an independent songwriter because of folks like Laura Ellen, I call myself a dependent songwriter. Mm-hmm. We are dependent like on guys like you, you yeah. know, and, and anybody that helps us get the word out. Yeah. Yeah. So Laura Ellen was that for me, and uh, she brought us out here for the, the Christmas party, the K Pig uh, Humbug. Remember party. that? Yep. Yeah. Opened up for Robert Earl Keane. At the not a
1: bad place to be. No, not right. at all. Man. And that was a good example of a place where, you know, people probably knew a couple of songs but didn't really know what to expect. But to talk about being a, in front of a totally receptive crowd. I mean, yeah. that's a big party. <laughs> it a, is. It's a kind of a kind of a drunken big fun party, but it's it a is. big party, and you got people that really want to hear the
0: music. They love you already because they love K-P. Yeah. k pig loves you, so yeah. they are already there. Yeah. They You have them at Hello. You know, basically. right? Pretty much. Easy gig to do. Yeah. yeah and uh, kind of the opposite of what we were just talking mm-hmm. about you know going in cold yeah and but yeah but always hanging out with Lori Allen was like that and she went to uh, the Americana Music Conference in Nashville every year mm-hmm. and was always on the panel discussions and stuff and and um, she never really enjoyed the hobnobbing as, right. as I don't yeah. and she'd end up calling me when she got into town and, and say, you know, come on come on down and just have coffee, you know, let's mm-hmm. just sit down and talk. We'd sit there for two, three hours, you mm-hmm. know. And there, we we may slide into a um, you know a, a a meeting that we'd want to see, you know, somebody was speaking that we'd mm-hmm. want to see. But most of the time was just sitting around chatting about mm-hmm. dogs and horses and yeah. you know, family and mm-hmm. friends and, the real so, stuff. The real stuff, yeah. So I miss her a lot and, and I do owe a, a great debt to her and, and K Pig for really kind of salvaging this crazy yeah, thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think that when you and I first started talking, I think it was probably a year ago, I think you found the Paul Thorne interview that I did. Yes. And Paul had the same Paul Thorne had the exact same, same story. story. Yeah. You know, she found his music and she yeah. started playing it and yeah. and we were here we're at the Rio Theater by the way, and it was in fact they did a. T- they they recorded. Um, it's a great day to whoop somebody's ass. Yeah, and he, and he played it three times in this very theater. I mean, this was like three, four years, five years ago. Yeah. and then he played a song called um, "I'm a Blessed Man," I think. Mm-hmm. And then halfway through. I don't know if he wants to be telling this, but people were here. Halfway through, he just stopped and started crying. He couldn't hold it together. He goes, yeah. you people are like everything I have. Everything I've done is because of k KPIC and you people. And he just, he was just, he couldn't stop sobbing. We were all crying, you know. But it was one of those things where somebody who loved the music and got it out there for people.
0: Well, and, and yeah. Paul's a deep guy, man. I mean, he's, he's a sensitive, you know, he's like this boxer and this... Tough exterior and all that, you know, and he is tough. I mean, he, he'll, you know, anybody in the music business has survived as long as we have, you know, has got to, got to have some yeah. tough skin. Yeah. But you know, the the folks we meet really touch us. I think Paul's the same way. Uh, and I meet I meet like minded songwriters all mm-hmm. the time out there who are so grateful to the friends of our music. You know, it just um, I, there's not a feeling uh, like that when you uh, show up at a concert and somebody comes afterwards and says. You know, thanks you for doing what you Mm -hmm. do, you know. Mm -hmm. Like, and it's always the other way around. I just feel so grateful to be able to do this. If 20 people showed up, I'd still be doing this. My wife would be a little less happy about it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Christmas is kind of like this, here. But (laughs) those 20 people just really love what
1: I did.
2: They love it. You got to
0: see them. They they like this. (laughs) They like me. They really like me. (laughs) Yeah. So, but, you know, luckily it's, you know, it's. 200 to 2,000 people would mm-hmm. travel, and then that's that's always yeah. good, you know. Yeah. To be at, in a cult level uh, kind of thing uh, is cool because we can travel just about anywhere in the country, and, and you can kind of do you what show you up. want, and we do exactly what I, I I do exactly what I want. And I
1: think something that I, I mean, I kind of came into this as a songwriter. I came into this really as a music geek and a fan. I mean, I think you know from like festivals and discovering yeah. sort of the folk and Americana vibe, where you actually go up and talk to the performers, and yeah. I'm like. Wow, this is really kind of cool. Myself, <laughs> I love that song. Have you ever thought about doing this? Or really yeah. signed the CV. I really like what you did. Yeah. And I think with Americana, it's more of that because in shows like This Tonight... Um, people come up afterwards, and they generally just want to either thank you or ask you a question or yeah. or shake your hand or get an autograph, and it's real genuine. And, I th- and they go off and tell their friends. I went to this show, and I saw the Trail of Park Tribal He's a nice guy. Yeah, he's okay. <laughs> you know? Lucky <laughs> to be like an a-hole or something. You know, yeah, I talk- know. Yeah.
0: But then, he was a jerk when he said that. It was either. so fun until 10.30. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? When I tried to talk to him, then, yeah. then it got out of hand. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I've been to those I, I started the, uh, doing this because I was volunteering at, at the Kentucky Theater in Lexington. Mm-hmm. In Kentucky. And I would just go, and, you know, I got in free to see these great shows. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. so I, that's how I got started too, as a fan, as a geek. Yeah. Know? And, you know, I got to meet Towns Van Zandt and I got to wow. meet uh, That's a good Khalil way to get it. I, I think being
1: a music fan and geek is a good way to come into it. It's yeah, to work work so. yeah, yeah. One thing I want to ask you too is talking about, it's kind of a business question, but really it's, um, you know, having this I, I guess cult is the right word, but, you know, a, a thing I read about a lot is that, you know, real, it's, as, an, as an independent artist, it's really good to sort of create an identity, and so people know how, why you're different from Paul Thorne or Robert Keene, um, and we talked about the trailer part, kind of a kind of tongue-in-cheek motif, but how did you sort of find your identity as an artist and kind of like build on it, if that, that makes any mm-hmm. sense? Any advice you give to somebody yeah, who's like well, starting out? Yeah, and writing the, songs about dogs and mules? No. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know. the, but you definitely got a, a persona about what you do, and people know it, and people bring their friends to it. Yeah, I guess that's so that just sort happens. of what
0: it is. It's, it's sort of establishing a, uh, you know... It's more than a stage character. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. I think it has to start there. and then, yeah. then It's like a... I was hearing—I forget the actor was saying this. He was on a sitcom for years and years and years. And when he first started, he said he wasn't really getting the character, Mm -hmm. wasn't really feeling it. And it was like two years before he really started feeling the nuances of the character Mm -hmm. and then adding to it. Uh, And and, uh, by by the time the show was over, Mm -hmm. you know, eight years, nine years when it was when it was off the air, so you know, I really felt a part of that guy. Yeah, and I think. You know, when you create a character from scratch, like I have too, mm-hmm. uh, it's there's really a lot of me in there, and sure. there's a lot of other people that I know and stuff. But um, you know, I, I'm certainly funnier on stage mm-hmm. than I am in real life. Oh, I would you say know.
1: that you're not funny at all. You're sitting no, here. No, I'm not funny at all. No. <laughs> I, I smell funny.
0: Yeah. But you know, but yeah, and look funny. But yeah, being funny. If I could do a smell podcast, <laughs> yeah. this would be hilarious. <laughs> a scratch and sniff yeah. podcast would be great. <laughs> but uh, no I, I, I don't know it's um, how to how to I don't know what kind of advice I could give anybody because so I've done so much just the wrong way mm-hmm. and, and maybe that's it, it maybe it's trying and learning what doesn't work yeah maybe and some of it has worked out anyway for me you here's know, a good I mean, you lucky. and I
1: were talking about this about, about eight minutes ago about you tried to write some kind of like introspective non imagery sort of you know navel gazing stuff yeah. and it didn't work yeah. So you didn't keep doing it. So you went off, and maybe it's just getting what works and then running with it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, I have
0: to amuse myself first. Yeah. And then uh, if I'm, if I, if it's not amusing me, then no one else is going to hear
1: mm-hmm. it. You know, yeah.
0: I'll wad it up and throw it away. Yeah.
1: And I like what you did because you write, you write funny songs that aren't forced. Yeah, oh, really? They all well, appreciate well, it. Well, yeah, that. A, there's that there's a, means yeah. a lot to, to hear there's it There's something. Um, I don't want to use the word gentle, but there's a, a non-abrasive. It's like there's a, the title. There's a song about the ins- inspector. Th-
0: 372.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah, when the first time I heard that at Don Quixote's I realized you were taught. You were, it was a love song to the person that inspected your underwear. Yeah, but right. you didn't go it. To, you didn't take it anywhere obvious, and it was really this this, this kind of tender love song. You know? <laughs> well, that's but it's that kind of like easy approach to humor. I think works in a lot of your music. Well, I don't. I, you know, I've met so many of these comedians
0: who are just real jaundiced. You know? yeah, yeah, they're not funny guys. They're not happy guys. Uh, right. I, I'm a happy person, mm-hmm. and and uh, I write from you know happy place because mm-hmm. that's where I am yeah. most of the time. I get down and depressed like anybody, but you know it's um, I'm just genuinely you know pretty lucky in that respect, and so I write from a place that's more positive, mm-hmm. and and I'm grateful that, that I'm able to do that. Um, because I met these guys backstage that, mm-hmm. you know when you go you travel and you play in, in packages you know with, sure. with other people and it's like you and you admire their work you know you see them on mm-hmm. Comedy Central or something and you, then you meet him, and it's like oh.
1: you know about three lifetimes ago I did stand-up comedy and no kidding I so you know what I'm talking I didn't get that good but it really got me into writing and mm-hmm. um, and the big thing was I actually sold some jokes to Jay Leno years ago yeah. but I met a lot of comics on stage and I could totally see that yeah, That yeah. so was one we were, of the
0: jokes. Can you tell me one of the jokes?
1: Yeah, it was, um, and, and if you go back to podcast number three, you can hear the whole routine. It was on, <laughs> oh, um, Motel 6, I, re- I only sold four, so they stick. Motel 6 is starting a chain of hotels that cater only to single men, and the motto is we'll keep the lid up for you. And it's a <laughs> <these laughs> goofy good. kind of joke. There's <laughs> yeah. one about, there's a new law in Southern California that um, requires you to pay higher taxes if you have a better view and the punchline was imagine what it would cost to live by a nude beach and if they had a volleyball your prices would go <laughs> through the roof you know and, I, and I, I faxed that in and I got like a check for 50 bucks the next week and I went That's oh cool. this is cool that's, that's a, a great memory. That's all he pays for jokes. Back then, this is back when he was still a guest host. This is. I'm oh, okay. older than I am. <laughs> yeah, this, gotcha. this is a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, but it was you know I got the, I got the stubs up on my wall, a little frame, and it's a. Well, great those jokes are very lino though. I yeah, mean, that's, that, that's, yeah, they were light and goofy, and they worked. You got his. Uh, you you got him. You know, yeah, so, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. But I met a lot of comics offstage, and some were nice, and some were people I just really wouldn't hang with. Yeah, exactly. You know, so I think. You know, when you're when you're in a happy place and you write happy songs, I think yeah. people want to hear that.
0: Well, yeah. what's amazing to me is, and on our message board, at unhitched.com, on our website, we use, I see it there on a daily basis when I have time to drop in.
1: Yeah.
0: And everybody is so cool with each other, yeah. and uh, I I make people uh, laugh and, and dance mm-hmm. and and sing. Yeah. With music and and uh, I think when you combine all of that together, you get a, a certain crossbreed of person that's just uh, like-minded. They, they, they're also into that, and it's just a oh, I'm real um, I'm just uh, I'm real touched by our uh, our fan base and the, and the quality of people that they mm-hmm. are that, that the music attracts. Cool.
1: Um, one last thing: you have a new album out. We I do
0: about. have a new album. Out. What's the new album called? It's called New Good Old Days. <laughs> yeah, and it's available at our website. It's going to be on iTunes here very shortly. It's being released to radio in January. Good. Just in a few weeks. And um, uh, I think K Pig's already got some advanced tracks. Mm-hmm. And um, But we're. Um, we're having a ball with the album already. It's... it's
1: is it kind of a fun. typical Tributors album? Is there something you can tell us about that's different? Or it's just... It's... Um, more fun music from Nancy and the Tributors? It's it's
0: all positive. It, the, the vibe of this album is uh, laugh in the face of death. We're mm-hmm. all going to die. You know, we're here for a short time. Let's enjoy the ride together because, you know, it's not going to last forever.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, our... our you know, we're we're going to have to say goodbye to everybody we know you know and so be decent to each other you know just be be good to each other while we're all here and uh, but it's just positive fun upbeat kind of vibe and and uh, we we titled it New Good Old Days like months ago um, before the election before say, the economy yeah. went bad and everything yeah. it was just little did we know that we kind of need some New yeah. Good Old Days right about now you know and so I I, I look at this album and we're, we're real proud of it I, I think it's a nice uh, you know, nice antidote to our times mm-hmm. right now. So, um, I, I think I'm getting that kind of feedback from folks. Who
1: it's good I like timing, it. I think, because I think aside from November 4th, it's been a really tough few months. Yeah. So I think you know, I think a lot of people are hoping that the the financial and, and the economical things we're going through kind of hit bottom soon. Yeah. And then we just move on and pick things back up. Yeah. you know,
0: I, you know what I I, I welcome a little tightening of the belt. I think mm-hmm. we, as a country, as a culture, can certainly do that, and yeah. it won't be painful at all. Yeah, uh, we're we're gluttons. Yeah, we can we can cut back a little bit. It'll be fine. Yeah, on to the new good old days. The new good old days. <laughs> Let's make us some more new good old days. All right. Good talking to you. You too, Michael. Thanks, man.
1: alrighty Nancy McLean of the Trailer Park Tributors and a couple of things uh, that are really good takeaways from that chat at the Rio Theater was uh, as far as songwriting and possibly finding a a persona maybe not a stage character but just uh, a perspective to write from and perform from I guess the idea there is uh, write what works and don't write what doesn't um Nancy kind of started off with this trailer park motif and it's become more of a motif than a thing to hang songs on these days and it just it's always been good and it keeps getting better and better so i think as a songwriter you you kind of find what's tr- true to you you know and um whether it's real truth or truth you make up you know something that sounds like the truth and um run with it you know and if you're if you can't write navel-gazing folk songs you don't do it um, another thing I wanted to mention is um, he was talking about meeting your meeting people off stage that have been on stage and just an aside that I wanted to just throw in there it has nothing to do with this interview but uh, years ago I got to meet one of my heroes Red Skelton um, at a casino in, in Tahoe and yes there's a song about it and um, I, met him, I met him off stage and he just walked up and gave my wife a hug and shook my hand and it's back when I was still doing stand-up and I asked him for advice and he said always work clean son a lot of these comics like to work blue but you don't do that to be funny and Signed my card and drew a clown for us. So um, nothing to do with Ansi, but it's just it's nice meeting people off stage that are exactly like you'd ex- expect them to be. But though, speaking of Ansi, we're not quite done yet. As I said earlier, this is part one of a two-part interview series. This was the the, the chat slash interview part of it, episode 51. What we're going to do now is. Um, I'm going to ask you to download the next episode, or if you're on iTunes, it'll be up there shortly. If you're listening on Grateful Dread Radio, it'll be up probably next Friday evening, playing at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. But in episode 52, we're going to hear a little bit more about this new release called The New Good Old Days, and we're going to hear Ansi play a little bit. Um, Once again, if you'd like to win the Grateful Dread Radio cloth shopping bag that I'm giving out this month, Grateful Did Radio broadcast this on Friday nights. Send me an email, michael at michaelgather.com. I'll enter you in the drawing. And um, for this episode, thanks for listening. If you have any comments, email me. I'd love to hear from you. And uh, check out episode 52, and we'll keep talking and hearing a little more from Ansi McLean. Thanks a lot. Take care.